and welcome to this podcast which covers the discussions at the May meeting of the International Accounting Standards Board held in London between the 17th and 19th of May 2016. My name is Adele Gilbert and I am part of the communications team at the IFRS Foundation. I'm joined by Sue Lloyd, board member, and Hugh Shields, executive technical director, to talk through the discussions and decisions taken at the May meeting. Before we start, I'll mention the normal caveat that the views shared in this podcast are those of the participants, they do not necessarily represent those of the board. Hugh, it was a busy week. Will you start by taking us through the agenda consultation discussions? Sure. The board spent a substantial amount of time uh, talking about the agenda consultation and uh, deliberating the draft work plan strategy and draft work plan for the period 2017 to 2021. The draft work plan strategy primarily suggests a switch of focus from transaction-specific standards to show greater emphasis on a number of things. Firstly, promoting the more effective communication of relevant financial information from preparers to users. This comprises a number of projects, and in particular the Disclosure Initiative, uh, projects on primary financial statements including performance reporting, as well as the projects on financial instruments with characteristics of equity. There was also a greater emphasis in the strategy on uh, supporting implementation and consistent application, on standard setting that enhances the consistency between individual standards and the conceptual framework, and on a research programme that is realistic and achievable. And In the strategy, it was indicated that the research programme should consist of projects that have clear objectives aimed at gathering evidence needed to, to support decisions on whether to add projects to the standards level programme. The strategy also noted that the board should devote some resources to wider corporate reporting matters and will continue to develop its IFRS taxonomy. The board, in considering the draft plan strategy, generally agreed and in particular uh, thought that the strategy should indeed give greater prominence to improving communication effectiveness and considered that this should be a key strategic theme for the next five years. The board also recommended the staff develop a plan to involve national and regional standard setters and requested the staff modify the plan to indicate the timescales and resourcing of particular projects. The board also indicated that we should recognise the constraints on stakeholders' resources as well as uh, the staff's own resources. In considering the uh, standards level work plan, the board agreed that no changes should be made to those topics. And in relation to the active research uh, section of the draft plan, the uh, board decided that it should include the following uh, topics. The disclosure initiative, including principles of disclosure, primary financial statements, financial instruments with characteristics of equity, goodwill and impairment, dynamic risk management, and business combinations under common control. The board also discussed the so-called research pipeline. The research pipeline consists of topics that the board would like to keep on its agenda, but for different reasons the staff are not and the board are not currently working on these topics. The board tentatively decided that the research pipeline should comprise the following, the equity method of accounting, extractive activities, pollutant pricing mechanisms, provisions, contingent liabilities and contingent assets, variable and contingent consideration. And the board also indicated that the uh, three feasibility studies should be undertaken. 
One, on SMEs that are subsidiaries, just to assess whether it would be feasible to permit SMEs to use the recognition and measurement requirements in full IFRS standards, but the disclosure requirements in the IFRS for SME standard. A limited scope project on post-employment benefits that depend on asset returns, to assess whether it would be feasible to develop an approach that focuses on the relationship between cash flows, including the measurement of those benefits and the discount rate. And also a feasibility study on high inflation to assess whether it would be possible to extend the scope of IS21, which is uh, financial reporting in hyperinflationary economies, to cover economies which are subject only to high inflation without amending the other requirements of IS29. In these deliberations, the board decided not to include in its draft work plan any further work on the following topics. Uh, Post-employment benefits other than the feasibility study that I just referred to, income taxes, foreign currency translation, and high inflation, again, other than the feasibility study that I just mentioned. The board also noted that existing research projects on share-based payment and on discount rates are likely to be completed by the end of 2016. There was one other matter that the uh, board considered while debating the agenda consultation, and that was the, uh, the length of the uh, agenda cycle. And the board tentatively uh, concluded that the cycle should be extended from three years to at the latest five years following completion of the previous agenda consultation. Uh, While I'm mentioning uh, projects which the board decided uh, not to continue uh, working on, I'll just mention two others. Um, Firstly, or just to confirm that share-based payment, as I mentioned, is going to be completed this year, and so the board will not be uh, undertaking further research on this topic and will not be seeking further uh, feedback from stakeholders. And then also in relation to uh, the disclosure initiative, uh, the board had a discussion uh, about a uh, a narrow scope project which will focus on proposals for the disclosure of restrictions that that affect uh, the decisions an entity uh, makes in using cash and cash equivalents. Uh, The board uh, decided to proceed with a narrow scope project but not to proceed with a broader uh, liquidity project. I'll just mention one other thing, which is in relation to uh, revenue, the, uh, the revenue from contracts with customers. Uh, you will recall that the, uh, this board has decided not, although whilst the uh, transition resource group uh, has not been formally stood down, uh, the IFB has no plans uh, to uh, have further meetings of the transition resource group on revenue. Nonetheless, the FASB equivalent is continuing to meet and the board received an oral update on the meeting of US stakeholders on the transition resource group that the FASB held in April. Uh, It was noted that no follow-up is required by the board in respect of the issues discussed at that meeting. Uh, With that, I shall pass to Sue. Thanks, Hugh. Um, The board also um, continued and, in fact, completed its re-deliberations on the proposed amendments to the existing insurance contract standard, IFRS 4, to deal with the difference in timing between the effective date of our financial instruments standard IFRS 9 and the new insurance contract standard. Um, we discussed a couple of specific aspects of those changes. Um, firstly, we talked about when an entity that had determined that it was eligible to apply the temporary exemption from applying IFRS 9 on the basis that it was predominantly an insurer might be required to reassess whether it could still continue to apply the deferral. 
and the Board essentially decided to confirm the proposal in the exposure draft and therefore require an entity to reassess whether it still was predominantly um, an insurer if, and but only if, there was a demonstrable change in the corporate structure of the entity that meant that if it were to recompute the predominance ratio, um, it would no longer have um, the amount of liabilities which would enable it to um, qualify as a predominant insurer. On the subject of reassessment, the Board also decided to introduce something that wasn't proposed in the exposure draft, which was the ability or right, if you like, for an entity that wasn't originally eligible for the um, temporary exemption to reassess its eligibility before 2018 if, again, and only if, there was a demonstrable change in the corporate structure of the entity that would mean it could now meet the um, predominance criteria. Now, in relation to both of those reassessments, um, some people, when they responded on the exposure draft, raised questions about exactly what sorts of events would be those that would trigger this reassessment. The board decided to provide some extra guidance on that and essentially to confirm that it really needs to be a big deal. It's not something we would expect that would happen uh, very often. Um, and we have taken some of the concepts that we used in IFRS 9 for reassessments of business model, so we'll confirm that the corporate structure change must be significant to an entity's operations, and also that it should be of such sort of significance that it would be demonstrable to external parties. Another important aspect of these proposals that the board discussed was the, um, the sort of duration, if you like, of the ability to defer the application of IFRS 9, and the board confirmed what was in the ED, so an entity would be able to apply the temporary exemption until no later than um, 2021. So the deferral, in effect, would be available for eligible entities until the earlier of the effective date of the new insurance contract standard, or 2021. Another couple of things that we talked about also on these amendments to IFRS 4 were more specific but important for some of our stakeholders. The first is the ability for an investor who um, has an associate or joint venture to have inconsistent accounting policies, which is unusual. It's, um, a, a, it will be an exception from the general principles in IAS 28. And the board confirmed that, indeed, an entity should be able to um, use IFRS 9 in its financial statements, even if its investee does not use IFRS 9 in its um, investee financial statements because it's um, using the temporary exemption when the investor applies the um, equity accounting to the associate, and also vice versa. So it's a relief from the requirements in IS 28, which affects a relatively small population, but it's important for some. On a sort of similar vein, our first-time adopters, um, the board decided to change some of the proposals in the exposure draft. So now um, a first-time adopter would be permitted to apply the temporary exemption from applying IFRS 9, and therefore instead apply IAS 39 when it meets the predominance criteria. However, to facilitate that, the first-time adopter would need to assess its eligibility for the predominance criteria based on um, liability calculations using IFRS financial statements. The board also confirmed that first-time adopters would be permitted to apply the overlay approach to their qualifying assets. 
So as I said, we were very keen to wrap these deliberations up as quickly as we could um, because we know that people want certainty about whether they need to be moving on to apply IFRS 9 for 2018 or not. So um, consistent with that, the board um, wrapped up the discussions on these changes at the May meeting um, and also confirmed to the staff that we were satisfied that we have met all the due process requirements and gave the staff permission to move to um, drafting the final changes to IFRS 4. We also indicated that we expect to publish those changes um, probably around September. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the conceptual framework project, which was also quite a, a significant part of our um, May board meeting. So the board is in re-deliberation phase post the exposure draft on the conceptual framework, and at the May meeting uh, we started at the beginning, if you like, with chapters one and chapter two of the conceptual framework. The objective of general purpose financial reporting and the qualitative characteristics of useful financial information. And just to highlight a few of the key decisions on that, the first one was a discussion on stewardship, um, which has been an important part of the exposure draft, um, and the board decided to um, provide some extra clarification of the link between what the objective of financial reporting is and the notion of stewardship. And in particular, um, the final conceptual framework will explain that one of the objectives is to enable resource allocation decisions to be made that are to do with exercising rights that people make while they actually hold investments. So not buy and sell decisions, but holding decisions, if you like, such as the right to vote on um, or otherwise influence management's actions. Also on the subject of stewardship, there's a lot of debate about whether stewardship is the same as accountability and whether those words are interchangeable or not. To try and help with that, um, we proposed or decided to um, continue to use the term stewardship in the actual conceptual framework and actually in the basis for conclusions to explain what that term means and how it relates to that term accountability. Um, another important discussion on the conceptual framework was about prudence. Um, the board tentatively decided to confirm that the revised conceptual framework should include a reference to prudence and that that should be described as the exercise of caution when making judgments under conditions of uncertainty, as proposed in the exposure draft. We also had quite a long debate uh, with lots of differences of views about what we do about the question of asymmetry. Um, and the board directed the staff to do some further work and come back to the board um, to see how the conceptual framework should acknowledge that in some cases, asymmetric treatments of gains and losses could be selected if such selection is intended to result in relevant information that's a faithful representation. Um, so we're going to have some more discussion on that topic, so that's not completed yet. The last thing I'll mention on the um, conceptual framework before I wrap up is measurement uncertainty. In the exposure draft, we talked about the um, relationship between measurement uncertainty and um, the concept of relevance. A number of people came back and said they liked the discussion on measurement uncertainty, but there were questions raised about whether we'd put it in the right place or not. And uh, following a discussion of that feedback, the board tentatively decided that in the final document, we'll describe measurement uncertainty as a factor that affects faithful representation. So that's a change from the exposure draft in response to, to comments that we received. Thank you, Hugh and Sue. 
For more details, the official summary of the board meeting called IASB Update can be found on the IFRS Foundation's website, www.ifrs.org. That contains more detailed information on the topics covered at the May meeting. The next board meeting is scheduled for the week commencing the 20th of June. Thank you for listening.